This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey there. This is Matt Leggetti, your favorite comic book yeti. Did you know that if enough people listen to this podcast, advertisers give us money? Money we can then use to, say, pay our journalists. It's wild. Totally unrelated, we make this podcast using Anchor by Spotify. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Even Grant can do it, and he's a grandpa when it comes to technology. Love you, Grant. Let me fill you in on what some of us in the industry call reasons to believe. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcast, and more and they make it super easy. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, Anchor's totally free, which is great when you're, say, a comic book journalism website who lives on donations and boyish charm. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's anchor.fm. And hey, I love you. You are listening to Into the Comics Cave with your host, comic book heartthrob, Grant Stoy. Hello, fellow humans. Welcome back again. Thank you for, for more listening. I, I'm so bad at these openings every time. <laughs> impressive. That was amazing. It was very impressive. Uh, today, I have someone who talks better than me, which is good. Uh, you may know her work from Yule, or from Shield Maiden, uh, or from uh, so many of her various fan arts that that have gained many eyeballs. Uh, this is Alex. Please don't call me Alexandria Schlitz. Hello, Alex. How dare you say my government name on this podcast? <laughs> How dare you? I said don't. Don't. Are you my don't mother? Don't call her that. God. No. 
we might have similar voices, but no. <laughs> not, Incredible. Not, not one bit. Yeah. Alex, how, how are you? I'm pretty good. You know. Also, uh, Alex is drinking beer, so I'm going to try to remember to take out the burps, but I don't. I don't make promises. <laughs> if the burps make it in there, you know. <laughs> you know, this is. It's about showing you who I really am. <laughs> Alex, and what I, I am is gassy. You're a gassy lady, and that's okay. <laughs> so, Alex, I would like for you to tell me uh, one cool thing about where you grew up. A cool thing about where I grew up? A cool thing. Oh, boy. Um, well, I grew up in Racine, Wisconsin, which is um, the home of the S.C. Johnson Company. Really? And Yes. And Golden Books, I believe. <gasps> Yeah, and um, me, I'm cool. So you just established that Racine, Wisconsin is like a big part of everyone's childhood. I think it is in, in like ways that people don't really understand um, because it's Wisconsin and everyone just forgets that it exists. I have friends that I've had for years who are like, you're from Minnesota, right? I'm not, I'm not from Minnesota. I'm from Wisconsin. Uh, real talk, <laughs> is there resentment between Minnesota and Wisconsin? Only if you are a football fan. Okay. Yeah, there's an intense rivalry between um, the Green Bay Packers and the Minnesota Vikings. But as far as I know, okay. and nobody those are, else gives a shit. Yeah, and in sports terms, uh, both those teams are garbage. So Sure. I actually, I'm pretty sure the Packers are doing like really well. I, as you know, I'm not a sports person, but mm -hmm. my neighbor likes to yell during Packer games. So I kind of assume that they're doing well because it was loud and they can probably hear me right now. Yeah, well, they're a trash team. And uh, <laughs> it's none of my business. Just none of your business, though. <laughs> but what, how would you describe your childhood in Racine? <laughs> well, got... My therapist? A little bit. Okay. Uh, so parents, sister, you. Yeah. Yeah. I am the oldest sibling in my family. I have a younger sister. Actually, I actually have another sister who's adopted. Um, but she did not grow up with us. Um, we adopted her when we were, she and I, she's my best friend. We, she, we adopted her when we were 15. Um, well, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. She's like my girl. Um, but yeah, so like not really a huge part of my actual like child childhood. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, so it was me and my sister and my parents and my mom is a singer and my dad was a police officer. He's retired now. Um, and I was a child. So <laughs> that's that's how most people start. Yeah. Good. Good. As, good. As most things do, it started with me being born. Mm -hmm. Just like David Copperfield. Um <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I was a really like weird and artsy child. I read a lot of really weird like children's fantasy novels and I read cool. Lord of the Rings when I was way too young and I was really into Pokemon and I had all my my closest cousins were all boys and they were all older than me so it was like me stealing their video games when I was at my grandparents house that was pretty much my childhood yeah I'm very curious about like what other like little kid fantasy books did you read I like don't even remember because I don't remember anything about my childhood. I remember reading like, I mean, I read Harry Potter because it was coming yeah. out when I was a kid. 
I read like the Golden Compass, Garth Nix books. Um, I don't know. I just used to like go to the library and I read everything because I was like, you know, Tamora Pierce, all of that kind of like little girls becoming like the chosen one in their, you know, assigned fantasy universe. That was sort of my genre. I jam. Did that kind of stuff lead to you starting uh, artistic ventures? Um, I guess, yeah. I mean, I was like, yeah. I was the kind of kid who drew on all my homework and like would draw people Pokemon in second grade and exchange and like trade them for like gel pins and cool erasers and stuff. I had like a very lucrative side hustle going no, on. That's in my awesome. Second grade classroom. Yeah, you know. What was the what most happened? requested Pokemon? It was always Jigglypuff. Why was everybody so into Jigglypuff? Smash Brothers? I guess. It was easy to draw. I mean, Jigglypuff is <laughs> a bunch of circles, so it's fine. <laughs> Just like a stack of Jigglypuffs, like, give me that gel pen. There you go. Yes, give me that gel pen. And then go. gel pens got banned at my elementary school. Why? Too contentious. A lot of like bad things like gel pens, pogs, tech decks, all of that like stuff. It was like kids were fighting over them. So they were just like, you can't have it anymore. Leave it at home. We didn't have cell phones yet. So <laughs> we fought over finger skateboards instead. It's kind of funny. But as soon as you said we didn't have cell phones at the time, <laughs> I'm like, oh, my gosh, you're right. There were other things to obsess over. Right. Now kids just cyber bully each other. So. Which is great. (laughs) They fight in Minecraft, I guess. I don't really know anything about children. Or Minecraft. The phrase, phrase, they fight in Minecraft, pretty much took care of all that. Why not? (laughs) And now that we've touched upon your side hustle of drawing Pokemon for stuff. Mm -hmm. When did you start taking art really seriously? Was that towards like the end of high school or beginning of college? So it was actually not for a very long time after that. Um, I actually was, I'm a classically trained musician. I played viola mm-hmm. all throughout my, uh, since I was like seven or something. That's what I actually went to college for after I graduated from high school. Oh, that's wild. Yeah, I know. I have hidden depths. I'm multi-layered. Um, what do you think about jokes that disparage violists? I think they're hilarious because nobody does want to play the viola. And I only played it because my arms were too long for the violin. What about cello? <laughs> it's a totally different, like, you play it totally. I started on violin when I was a child. And then I got very large, very quickly. And my teacher was like, have you thought about playing viola? Have you thought about it? Maybe? And then I got really far because nobody wants to play the viola, so I was always the best. Because <laughs> like, I didn't have any competition. Third chair violin, first chair viola. <laughs> that's the stuff. So yeah, that's actually what I did for a really long time, and I like always was like drawing on everything still all the time, and like teaching myself things and reading about it and you know i was always like getting those weird art kits that everybody used to get in like the early 2000s where it was like a little wooden suitcase filled with like colored pencils 
-hmm. and like four watercolors and like some weird really shitty drawing pencils Mm -hmm. yeah every year for christmas i think i got one of those i probably still have them (laughs) to be honest with you but yeah it was never a thing that i was really serious about mostly because i feel like because i came from a musical family that was like well you're gonna be a musician that's what you're gonna do because you're good at it so why wouldn't you do it and i was like we don't want to (laughs) so i went to school i went to college at uw milwaukee i was a music major and i did very poorly because i did not want to be there (laughs) yeah yeah. and it was like you know when you walk into a space and everybody else is like really passionate and knows what they're talking about and like you can like tell that they're just like on a whole different level that you are Mm-hmm. That's kind of how I felt. So I dropped out after my second year and was like, I don't know what I'm going to do, but it's not that. <laughs> and so I did a lot of things that were not that. Um, and like stopped drawing for a very long time because it was just like, you know, it was like a weird hobby that I didn't have time for when I was like really broke and mm. trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. And then I became a hairdresser and I was a hairdresser for, I've been a hairdresser for about 10 years. Much um, like a lauded hairdresser comic person, Gail Simone. Is that true? Yes. Oh my God. I didn't even know that. She uh, eventually no opened way. up her own salon. Yes. Oh my gosh. Maybe Gail Simone and I do have more in common than I thought we did. I'm not going to say I told you so, <laughs> but... Anyway, yes, much like lauded comics professional Gail Simone, I too was a hairdresser before becoming a lauded comics professional. I'm not a lauded comics professional, but (laughs) we'll get there someday. Um, Yeah, so I started doing hair because I wanted to do something creative, but I felt like I needed like a real, quote unquote, real, steady, reliable job. Um, And I was pretty good at it. So I was like, Okay, cool. That's Were you fine. still playing video games at this time? I was. I've always been playing video games. I don't. I never stopped playing video games. <laughs> Me and my GameCube were like this, so tight. It's um, a visual yeah. medium. I'm glad that you you did that. I crossed my fingers and it was like they're really tight. <laughs> For the listeners at home, what was I talking about? Uh, video games. Video games very tight. No, I was about video games. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, video games very tight. Uh, hairdresser, like lauded comics professional Gail Simone. Yeah, of course. Not not going back to, to drawing yet. Yeah, so I kind of like, you know, once I like had like some stability in my life, I think I started getting back into it because it's like, it was a fun thing for me to do that I liked doing and liked learning about. So I picked it back up and just started like messing around with it and got really into it and got back like into like online spaces where I had like you know people like supporting me and being like oh you're actually pretty good like I like seeing what you make and that's really like rewarding obviously so that was very encouraging and um did that for a while sort of like got into comics around that time and you know kept gaining followers on tumblr and various social media platforms and was like 
maybe this is really cool. Maybe this is something I'd like to do. And then I had been in a long-term relationship for most of my 20s. And we broke up when I was after about eight years when I was 27. Wow. And I had like a quarter-life crisis and was like, mm. well, now I can be anything, you know? <laughs> like, I can do whatever I want. And I was like, well, what do I want to do? Like, is this something that I actually want to commit some of my time to? Am I willing to like give up the stability that I have from my day job? And I was like, yeah, I think I do. So I went back to school and I got a, um, a degree in 2D animation, which if you had asked me 10 years ago, if I was going to get a degree in animation, I would have been like, what are you smoking? <laughs> um, but I did that. Um, and that was really fun. And I learned a lot doing it. Yeah, I was going to say, how did how did learning 2D animation affect uh, your current art, artistic styles? So I feel like learning animation was, oh man, where do I even start? Like it was, it's a very, it was like streamlining the process of learning all of the things that I think are also really relevant to comics, which mm -hmm. is like, character acting and cinematography and visual storytelling um, and being able to like be economical about the way that you draw and still have whatever you're trying to convey come through without, you know, every frame of an animation obviously cannot be a painting um, unless you are that one guy who made Klaus I guess you have time for that, but most people don't. <laughs> so you have to, you know, you learn how to do it fast and you learn how to communicate. It's all, I think it's all about communication, isn't it? Like versus just illustration, which obviously is communicating something as well, but I think it's just a different, you know what I mean? Well, not really, but it sounds, it sounds interesting when you say it. <laughs> well, at least it sounds interesting. Yeah. I'm trying to think of the words to like say what I want to say. I think it's like they're like sisters, I think, comics and animation. It's a very similar way of you know telling a story, but okay. Obviously they have some very marked differences and different audiences and different production pipelines and all of that stuff and obviously you can I think you can get away with a lot more in comics because you have to draw it maybe five times versus 10,000 I think it's really true what you said about like the, the facial acting and because in my yeah. brief soiree with uh drawing two pages worth of, of comics yeah uh you realize how much their the emphasis is on like face and hands and these things are so crucial to to uh, conveying the, the message and the themes and stuff like that. Yeah, I think one of my favorite pieces of advice about comics is that you should still be able to tell what's going on even without any lettering. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that is really important and also a good way to like measure what you're doing and like plan and think about things. Like if you, you know, your dialogue is like 
we broke up and I'm very sad. And like, you can't read that on that character's face. I think you need to like reevaluate like, what's not working. What's not yeah. working. Yeah. And when you're doing your art, your uh -huh. artwork, uh -huh. um, have you been strictly digital since uh, the animation days? Um, I mean, let's be very clear. The animation days started in 2018 is when I went back to school. So it's not like incredibly far in the past. But yes, I've been primarily a digital artist um, for most of my time drawing, actually. I think I got like a super... Like I got like a tiny little Wacom tablet when I was in like ninth grade, like oh. before they had pressure sensitivity, <laughs> like <laughs> way, way back in the day um, and learned how to use it. And that was really like, you know, fun. And I just, obviously it's easier and less like, I didn't have 800 million sketchbooks lying around. All do you think you'd bits. ever go back and just like for kicks and giggles do something on physical? Oh, I do it all the time. Like I, I, I have like notebooks everywhere in my apartment that are just like there's a notebook and a pen just stashed for when I'm like sitting and doing nothing and I need something to do with my hands or like when I'm playing D and D and I need to like be drawing something or writing something down mm -hmm. so I can listen because my brain is broken, you know. <laughs> The huge, <laughs> the huge, you know. And what do you do? You listen to anything when you're doing the arts? Oh, of course I do. I'm not a monster. You're, you're I not a stone cold can, psychopath. I cannot work in complete silence, and I, God bless anyone who can. That is truly astounding. I'll say this: God has nothing to do with them. <laughs> <laughs> there have been some people on this podcast who said they don't listen to anything while they're working. So. I said what I said. All right. <laughs> no, yeah, of course. I'm always listening to primarily music when I'm working just because it's, I feel like it's less distracting um, to just have music playing in the background and you can just kind of like find your rhythm and it doesn't, you know, you don't have to pay too much attention. There's not a story happening or like. Yeah. Sometimes I will put on like a sitcom that I've watched like a million times. Like I'll rewatch New Girl or whatever uh, do you watch it all the way through or do you stop uh, oh no no you start at the beginning and you watch it all the way through and if you're gonna say stop at the megan fox season repent for your repent for your sin. no you stop no. after the megan fox season that's oh, when no. you, you okay. don't need to go any further oh okay no i usually watch all of it but um but when i really need to get shit done it's video game soundtracks i have a playlist of video game soundtracks that are like this is your knuckle down and get shit done music because it's like everything feels more high stakes when you're listening to the Dragon Age Inquisition soundtrack for some reason. You know, it's just very like, wow, I'm saving the world. Amazing. Alex, I want to yeah. I want to put you on the spot for a moment. Why? Because I want you to sum <laughs> up only the top three things you love about the Dragon Age franchise. Oh my God. Three. Three things. Three? Three. You should have let me prepare for this question. No. Three things about three. the entire franchise? About the entire franchise. Does it have to be like events or characters? Like what are we talking about here? Hey, your call. Whatever I want. Whatever you want. Dorian Pavis. 
he's up there, mm-hmm. if not number one. God tier character. Thank you, Bioware, for giving me that one. <laughs> the viewers can't see this, but you are you are flop sweating right now. <laughs> I am flop sweating right now. How dare you put me on the spot like this? Okay. That's funny because I'm actually going to prolong these pauses. <laughs> Make them even longer. So, yeah. <laughs> Incredible. I can't wait. Um, Five hours later. Dragon Age 2. Just the whole thing. Am I allowed? Is that? Yeah. No. Uh, I'll allow it. I just feel like I love that game so much. And the story structure of it is so different from the rest of the franchise. And very interesting to me. Mm-hmm. And also the fact that. You get like the whole package. It's like you get absolute dirtbag protagonist, which is incredible. You get unreliable narrator because mm-hmm. it's the story being told secondhand by one of your party members. And that is like, you just have to sort of be like, did anything in this story really happen? All of this could be lies. We could just be making this up, mm-hmm. which I think is fascinating. Um, got the most astounding cast of bisexual characters to ever grace a video game. Yeah, it's a good so game. So that's three points for number two. That's three points just for Dragon Age 2, which is a great game. It's so the no, best it's... Dragon Age game. I don't care that you're mad that they reused the maps. Whoever you are, random person listening to this and being like, Dragon Age 2 sucks. It doesn't suck. It's amazing. It doesn't suck. You're dumb for thinking You You suck. <laughs> Counterpoint. Counterpoint. Suck. It's you, bro. Anyway. So what is the, the, the third and final thing that you'll about the Dragon Age franchise? The third and final thing. 75 years later. Doing cool spells and shit. Doing cool spells and shit. No, actually, it's a, uh, can I do like a 3B? This is like an addendum. Only I it, just it thought of this. The word dragons. It's really cool. It's not about dragons because actually, I I don't think the dragons in Dragon Age are very exciting. It kind of feels like they were just like, well, we got dragons in the name, so we gotta put dragons in the game now. Especially because in Origins, like the dragon was just that lady. No, it wasn't. Well, I mean, there. Yeah, I mean, Flemeth is the dragon in Dragon Age Origins, but. The like arch demon that you fight at the end of the game is also a dragon, but technically it's a dark swan. So it's like, you know. potato, tomato. What's three B? <laughs> right, 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 right. Three B is is very niche, and it's that part in Trespasser, which is the DLC for Dragon Age Inquisition, where you go into the Illusion, it the the Illusion into the elf mirror or whatever. I don't even know if you've ever played this game. I haven't. I still need to finish too. This is for all the Dragon Age heads out there. There's a point where you go into the Illuvians and you see like this ancient world that the elves used to live in. And they like, obviously this elven world doesn't exist anymore. It's been taken over by the humans, whatever. Colonized, you know, it's horrible. Anyway, the... You go into this world, and depending on which Inquisitor you're playing as, because you can play as different races, so you can mm-hmm. play as a Canari or a human or a dwarf or an elf. But very specifically, if you go into this world as an elf, it looks completely different really? from how it looks. Yeah, looks completely different from if you're playing as any other race. And like all the trees and the flowers are blooming, and it's just like this gorgeous, beautiful, like lush world that they live in and if you go in with anybody else it's like all the trees are dead there's no color it's really interesting it's such an interesting detail and i really love that 
Yeah. Well, let's say Spoiler alert. Sorry. Well, no, no, I'm never going <laughs> to play it. So I'm so. Well, it's really good. So you're missing out. Got a point. You're wrong. <laughs> you suck. Uh, let's say a pizza gets delivered to your house, uh-huh. which is good news. You open the pizza Great up, news. and there is this weird steam that eventually congeals into a genie. Okay. The genie says, Alex, guess what? What? You can have any beer you want at any time you want. Mm-hmm. However, every time you drink beer, giant bat wings sprout out of your back. Oh, no-brainer. Yes, absolutely. Let's really? go. Yes. What if... Did you think I was going to say no to having dope bat wings? <laughs> but they, they do look kind of gross. Like, cause the, the... Doesn't matter. Doesn't oh. matter. <laughs> also, this is actually a lot easier than... than so easy. Did. This is the easiest would-you-rather question you've ever asked one of your guests, I bet. What if no-brainer. they, hurt when they yes. sprout? Huh? What if they hurt when they sprout? I don't care. You've got because you've got magic beer and you've got magic bat wings. Right, it's like Wolverine. Like, yeah, the claws hurt every time they come out, but like, you can also get shot by a bullet and it's fine. Like, I have dope bat wings. Doesn't sound like a problem to me. <laughs> you know what? I have no further desire to pursue this because <laughs> no the joy on your face. No notes. No notes. No notes. <laughs> Perfect. Excellent. So now we're at the part where I got to ask you five questions. And these are okay. five questions based on James Lipton's Inside the Actor's Studio. I'll be asking every guest. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Number one. What is your personal favorite sound effect? Um, my favorite sound effect is... The myriad different ways that people have thought about to describe the sound that glass makes when it's breaking. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I think that's what I'm going to go with because I feel like everybody does it differently. Mm-hmm. There's like, there's no two, nobody's ever duplicated. You know? Let's say that you're doing a panel uh, mm-hmm. and you've chosen to do right or like make the sound effect yourself. How would you do it? I think it depends. Is it like a window or is it like a glass yeah, breaking? I'll you know? just say someone's punching in an average window. An average window? I think it would be like K-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-
knowing exactly what you want to do and seeing it in your brain and then putting it down on a piece of paper and giving it back to that person and then being like, that's exactly what I was picturing is like nothing else in the world. It's so amazing. <laughs> uh, on the other side of the coin, what yeah. is something about sequential art that you dislike? Uh, how long it takes. And I know everybody says that, but it's how long it takes for sure. Well, it's always interesting when the artist is like, how long it takes. Because it takes fucking forever, dude. It takes so long. I mean, even if you just like sit down and you're like, I'm going to bang this out and get it done as fast as possible. You can't go any faster. Like it just <laughs> doesn't happen. Like there's, you know, you'll be like, oh yeah, I'm going really, I'm doing really great. I'm making good time. And then you zoom out and you're like, I have so much more to do. There's so much more. And there's always like another thing. Like you're always fucking with the colors or adding lighting effects or like changing something in the background or like putting a texture on something so it doesn't look flat. Like it's just never ending. Like, and I mean, eventually you just have to stop and be like, that's <laughs> done. Because, or at least I do because there, if I just was allowed to just go and I didn't have any deadlines or like anyone to report to, it would just never be done. Be like, well, that doesn't look quite right. I'm just going to keep going. That's madness. Yeah. <laughs> I, have, I have previously mentioned that my brain is broken. <laughs> yeah. So number four, uh -huh. uh, what is your favorite swear word that's not a swear word? It's beans. Beans? Beans. <laughs> and I, I actually use that really frequently. <laughs> like just in any situation where you would be like, oh shit, or oh fuck, just say, oh beans. Well, no, it's my, funny. It's it good. Sounds, it's good and it's funny. But in my mind, it turns into like this little prospector. <laughs> like, oh, oh beans. beans. Yeah, I, I am an old timey prospector actually. Old rip off my Scooby-Doo mask <laughs> underneath. With a dust cloud accompanying because you've been in the yeah. mines all day. Yeah. Exactly. You get it. So, uh, I have some bad news for you. Oh, no. You went to a GameStop uh, to trade in your Switch of for a new I model. Fucking GameStop. <laughs> <laughs> you want to trade your Switch in for a new, a new model of Switch. Mm -hmm. This one has uh, a paw print on it, so you really. I would it. never do that, but go off. <laughs> but uh, someone overheard you. Uh, a mob, a mob of neckbeards overheard you saying, "You'll never play Skyrim again," and you were trampled to death by a mob, and now you're. Dead. I think they heard me say that I played Skyrim on easy mode. <laughs> they probably heard me say that. <laughs> but in the end result, dead. Dead. I'm dead. So, Either way, trampled by neckbeards. So you get to uh, the next destination, which we suppose is a place called heaven. And you Bold see- Bold of you to assume that. <laughs> really poking holes in this. I just- <laughs> I, All your hypotheticals are doing nothing for me today. Well, here's another fun one. Uh, this cranky old Jewish man comes up and it is none other than Jacob Kurtzberg, AKA Jack Kirby. Uh, what do you hope he says to you? See, this is where I'm gonna really show my ass because I, came super late to comics and I don't actually know anything about Jack Kirby. Um, but that's okay. I, yeah. I would hope he would be like, great job champ or something, you know, maybe. 
Maybe I could get a champ out of Jack Kirby. That'd be great. Maybe a hair tussle. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> sure. And then, then he's like, would you like a cigar? And, you're and like, I would yes, be like, would. yes, yes, I would. I would and like then, a cigar, Jack. Thank you. And then you say, may I fetch you a beer with these bomb ass bat wings? Yeah. And then I would show him my dope bat wings and he'll be like, that is really cool. No That's notes. That's really cool. Welcome to No Alex. notes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, Alex, uh, you're wonderful. And oh, where can people you. find you on the socials? They can find me on the Twitters. Um, my handle is at Alex Schlitz, S-C-H-L-I-T-Z, uh, with an underscore at the end. Um, you can also follow me on Instagram, I guess, if you want to. I don't really use it, but you're more than welcome to. It's Alex Schlitz Draws. And my personal website is alexschlitzdraws.com. Ah, and where can people give you money? You can give me money, um, I guess, if you want to. I have a coffee account, which is also at Alex Schlitz. Or you can just PayPal me. <laughs> <laughs> just come to my house and hand deliver a big novelty check. Oh, like okay, Publisher's okay. Clearinghouse. Yeah, naturally. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you so much uh, <laughs> for joining and for uh, indulging the stupid things. Uh, thank you for having me and let me letting me talk about Dragon Age for like 15 minutes on this comic book podcast <laughs> rant. People have different uh, interests. <laughs> Fair enough. This has been a Comic Book Yeti production. You can find new episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and anywhere podcasts stream. For more information on the Comic Book Yeti, please visit comicbookyeti.com. And for more of Grant, visit grantstoy.com or on Twitter at Grant and Stuff. What's up, everybody? This is Joey Galvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now